here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Well, the breaking news is that the Republicans in the House of Representatives did pass their debt ceiling bill. They didn't receive a single Democrat vote. So all you people who live in these congressional districts, We have these frauds and phonies and fakes who pretend to be moderate Democrats. They're big-spending radical leftists. Hear me, Gosheimer? I know who you are up there in uh, northern Jersey. And the uh, former CIA uh, person out of uh, Virginia. They're all frauds and phonies. Now, they lost four votes. They lost four votes. The Republicans did. So this thing passed 217 to 215. And as usual, Andy Biggs, Matt Gates, they lost Ken Buck of Colorado and Tim Burchett of Tennessee. So yet again, these guys almost screwed up. And of course, the Senate will kill what the Republicans in the House pass. But I don't know what world these guys are in. Bro, over at Breitbart, They have the Congressional Budget Office Republican debt limit plan with reduced deficit by $4.8 trillion. They're up against Democrats in the Senate as well as Republicans. They're up against Joe Biden. They pass a bill that, if adopted, would reduce the deficit by $4.8 trillion and four boneheads vote against it. I don't know what they expect to happen. When you only control one body. But that's a pretty damn good bill. That's probably why my buddy Chip Roy voted for it as well as others. And I'm sure there was a lot of negotiation on this. Now the Republicans would cut drastically spending between 2023 and 2033. That's according to the CBO. It will put a cap on discretionary funding. That would result in a savings of $3.2 trillion. 
They would scrap energy tax credits. That would save another, oh, 600 billion. They would do, we, they would slash the cutting to the IRS. That would save about 120 billion. They would implement work requirements for Medicaid, temporary assistance for needy families, and supplemental nutrition assistance program. That would save 120 billion. They would rescind funding for unspent coronavirus funds. That would save another $30 billion. And they would require the Department of Interior to conduct oil and gas leases. That would save $3.4 billion. And yet four boneheads still voted again. Didn't do enough. Didn't go far enough. I don't know what they want done under these circumstances where they barely got this thing through to begin with. But the hell with them. So the debt ceiling deadline, likely in June, as they point out at Breitbart, looms ever closer. Battleground Democrats continue to fret over the president's refusal to continue to negotiate. Now, the speaker was on this program. He said, look, I spoke to Biden on February 1st. I haven't spoken to him since. He won't return my calls. So Biden, who's already destroyed the economy, who's already destroying the currency, the financial side, where the communist Chinese are stepping in and going from country to country to eliminate the dollar as the world currency, which is a huge disaster. Joe Biden, who has pushed inflation through the roof, who's destroyed the supply chain, who's caused you to spend far more for energy than you should have to, assuming you can get it, far more for certain foods than you should have to, assuming you can get them. Joe Biden is now playing chicken, chicken, with the debt. Because he's not getting everything he wants. Now keep in mind, they already got everything they want. When McConnell and the Democrats... And about 17 Republics got together and passed Nancy Pelosi's all-Democrat bill to send spending through the roof before the Republican majority could even get into town, could even get sworn in. And, of course, Biden signed that as fast as he could. Now Biden wants more. He wants a budget that's seven trillion dollars which will create another yearly deficit of 1.2 trillion dollars even though it includes unspent COVID funds and so forth we have more taxes coming into the federal government than any time in recent history we have more taxes flowing in now than every time, but three times as a percentage of the economy in our history. 19.6% of the economy is flowing into the federal government. That's about the same rate or close as World War II. As World War II. It's unbelievable. 
all these phony, vulnerable, moderate Democrats voted against the bill because they'll find some reason to go home and say, <laughs> well, they wanted to cut the cops, which, of course, they didn't. But it won't matter. They're liars. They make promises back home about the debt, about spending, about bipartisanship, and they vote down the line every damn time. And it's very close. Very close on the Republican side. So when four of them bolted, we almost lost today. And so McCarthy said, we will lift the debt ceiling, but we have got to lift the debt ceiling with some limits here. We can't keep doing this. We just cannot keep doing this. And they're not doing anything radical, the Republicans. It's Biden who's doing radical things. Here's Kevin McCarthy yesterday on Capitol Hill. Cut one, go. This bill is going to help face our challenges here at home. It sends a clear message to the American people that we're investing in safety, health, and the future of Americans. Let me just mention a couple of highlights, starting with community safety. We know it works to make our communities safer, and that investing in prevention and community police officers so you can walk the streets, know the neighbors, and who can help restore trust and safety to our community. That was President Joe Biden, March 15, 2022. What was he referring to? The funding levels that we had just four months ago. That's exactly where we'll be. I don't know where the comments that he's making, but this week we will pass a bill on this floor that will lift the debt ceiling, something the Senate has not done, something the President has not negotiated, and send it over to the Senate. Because we think this is a responsibility. And so he sends a budget over. A, uh, they're prepared to lift the debt ceiling. And Biden says, if it passes the Senate, I'll veto it. We want a clean deficit bill. Remember we talked about that clean deficit. In other words, you just raise that debt to pay for every damn thing that I want. It's that simple. And then, of course, Biden turns it around. It's the fault of the House Republicans. It's the fault of the Republican Party. Listen to this guy. He is the worst. Cut to go. Republicans say you're refusing to negotiate on the debt limit. They're saying you're missing an action. Will you negotiate? They haven't figured out the debt limit yet. Are you missing an action? I'm an inflation. the debt limit. Will you meet with McCarthy? When can America meet with McCarthy, but not on whether or not the debt limit gets that's not negotiable. I notice they quote Reagan and they quote they quote Reagan all the time and they quote Trump. Both of which said it says I'm paraphrasing. It would be an absolute crime to not extend the debt. Uh, no, they didn't. In fact, the government was shut down six times under Ronald Reagan, who insisted that they cut spending. He's such a liar. It's just unbelievable. But you heard what he said. And every Republican on Capitol Hill and the RNC needs to take those words. He said the debt limit gets extended. That's not negotiable. And so either they pay for his budget. Pay for everything in his budget. 
all the redistribution of wealth, all the waste and fraud and abuse, all the climate change crap that's destroying so many of you, the teachers union, all the money that goes to the leftists and all the rest, either they they do that and it includes $200 million, $200 million to Nancy Pelosi for some parks. Either they fund all that with your money with your money or he doesn't care and I think the old coot doesn't care now we're going to take some time to go through this this is not a boring subject this is a crucial subject you're going to be hearing a lot about it I want to lay the foundation and I'll be right back Mark Lovin Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. How are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said, tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. You know, I wrote a book once called Plunder and Deceit for this very occasion. And when you go to chapter two on the debt, I started with a quote from the late, great Dr. Walter Williams. And Dr. Williams was the first guest on my Life, Liberty, and Levin show on Fox. Because I wanted to talk to him. And Professor Williams rightly describes the underlying pathology driving the nation to economic and financial ruin as a moral problem. He said, we've become an immoral people demanding that Congress forcibly use one American to serve the purposes of another. Deficits and runaway national debt are merely symptoms of that real problem, he said. He said 75% of today's federal spending could be described as Congress taking the earnings of one American to give to another through thousands of handout programs such as farm subsidies, business bailouts, and welfare. Thomas Sowell, tremendous man, Professor Sowell, Dr. Sowell, said there was a time when the purpose of taxes was to pay the inevitable costs of government. To the political left, however, taxes have long been seen as a way to redistribute income and finance other social experiments based on liberal ideology. I think he would agree today that's more like Marxist ideology. The United States federal government takes in about 
$350 billion or more every month. Probably closer to $400 billion a month now, but in that ballpark. If the government shuts down, that doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It continues to take in that money. So I want to speak directly to Social Security recipients, Medicare users, Medicaid users, and people who use the VA. There's enough money every month to cover those expenses. And by the way, in a footnote, you might want to ask yourself, if you get a Social Security check, why would it matter if the government shuts down if there's a trust fund? Because they stole all the money out of the trust fund. So we play that game. But nonetheless, $350 or $400 billion a year comes in, excuse me, a month are coming into the government, whether they shut down or not. And as a matter of federal law, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and veterans benefits are excluded from any shutdown. That is, a percentage of the money that comes in every month must be used to pay Social Security benefits, Medicare users, Medicaid users, and veterans benefits. So I want to tell you that because the politicians in America, the Democrats, and their media will lie to you. That's number one. Number two. When the government shuts down, Paul Ryan, when he was actually quite sane as before he became speaker, he once told me that 17% on the air here, only 17% of the government shuts down when they have a shutdown. That means 83% remains open. So let's get that off the table to begin with. Now, what about the full faith and credit of the United States where they say we're not going to pay our bills? That is what I want to dig into with you. Very important. After the bottom of the hour, and we'll be right back. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. How are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Mark Levin doesn't just read the news, he makes the news. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. Let's go through this. It's fairly simple if you just stick with me. 
Biden is proposing a $7 trillion budget. The Republicans have countered with a budget that significantly reduces the spending over a period of time by $4.8 trillion, not all at once, over a 10-year period, in exchange for raising the debt ceiling. That they need to take a bite out of the debt or the country is not going to survive. Your children are not going to survive. Walter Williams is exactly right. The immorality of what the Democrats are doing to future generations and this generation is appalling. I've heard it said, well, you know, Mark, none of these things have happened yet to us. I mean, you you preach this stuff. That's right. They haven't happened yet. But when they do, like they did in the Weimar Republic, like they did in Zimbabwe, like they have in other places, it will destroy us. Even today, as I speak, the debt is so bad that China's going around to other countries to replace our currency as the world currency with theirs. Now, if that doesn't grab somebody's attention, nothing will. And so having spent massive amounts of money like never before in American history, ostensibly for the pandemic, but a lot more than that, And then the Inflation Reduction Act, which was a climate change act, inflation reduction in drag, it was climate change. And then an infrastructure bill helped by Mitch McConnell and others. Look at the bridge behind me. At least she's not Trump. Look, look, look. Shut up, you idiot. Anyway. The spending on top of the spending on top of the spending. We've now reached the point where somebody's trying to do something about it. Now, they talk about the full faith and credit clause. What are they talking about? The full faith and credit clause in the Constitution. Where is that in the Constitution? Well, the so-called full faith and credit clause Clause is section four of the 14th Amendment. It's not in the body of the Constitution, it's an amendment to the Constitution. Really? Really? Well, I don't understand. Well, you will in a minute. Here's what it says. Here's exactly what it says. It says the validity of the public debt of the United States, authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion shall not be questioned. So they're saying any debt incurred by the Union to put down the Confederacy shall be serviced. Okay, simple enough. Let's move on. But neither the United States nor any state shall assume or pay any debt or obligation occurred, incurred rather, in aid of insurrection or rebellion against the United States. Okay, so right there. We're not paying anything related to any debt incurred by the Confederacy. Let's go on. Or any claim for the loss or emancipation of any slave. We're not reimbursing slaveholders. But all such debts, the debts of the kind I spoke of, obligations and claims shall be held illegal and void. 
Okay? That's it. Does that say anything about today? No. Does it, Mr. Producer? No. It's part of the 14th Amendment. One of the post-Civil War amendments. Full faith and credit clause. Okay. Full faith and credit clause. Now let's say that full faith and credit clause is applicable as I read it in the 14th Amendment. That's fine. Well, how do we address this? Well, there's several ways to address it. You can raise the debt ceiling and borrow more money, which means print more cash, and further degrade the value of our currency. That is, create more inflation and put your pensions and pension money and even these entitlements, Social Security and Medicare, at greater risk. Further devaluing faith in our money so people keep moving over to China. We can do that. That's not hard to do. Any moron can do that. Just keep spending. Well beyond tax revenue. And incidentally, you could take every penny from every billionaire in this country. It wouldn't make any difference. That's how big this debt is. It wouldn't make any difference. And they wouldn't have any money to pay you the next year because they wouldn't be able to make any money. We could take every penny out of the economy. The economy is over $18 trillion, but the debt is $31.6 trillion. We could take every penny out of the economy today from each and every one of you, every billionaire, every near billionaire, every millionaire, every upper middle class, middle class, every penny you have from every single citizen. And we would be able to pay off 60% of the on-budget debt. But what about the off-budget debt that they never talk about? See, these guys are sleazeballs. The so-called entitlements, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, all kinds of entitlements. Well, that's about $350 trillion. What did he say? That's about $350 trillion. If we were to pay off those obligations today. Now, any corporation in America will tell you they can't take that number and put it off the books. Pension obligations, (coughs) excuse me, have to be on the books. This is one of the reasons the post office is in trouble. It is the only government entity or quasi-government entity, I guess, that has to put its pension obligation on the books. Department of Agriculture doesn't have to do it. Department of Education doesn't have to do it. The Department of fill-in-the-blank, the administration for fill-in-the-blank, none of the rest of the federal government has to put pension obligations on the books. But the private sector must. How are you going to pay those bills? For the federal government, the question's not even asked. It's not even asked. 
So when we talk about a $31.6 trillion debt, we're not even talking about that. See what I'm saying? So we're in a dire situation here. But Mark, nothing's happened yet. Oh, it will, probably to your children, definitely to your grandchildren. You see, here's the deal. We're taking all this money from them, that is, money, value, wealth that hasn't even been created yet. We're stealing it from them and giving them the debt. As the debt accumulates and accumulates and accumulates and accumulates. Right now, man, we're, we're on a high. Congress and Biden, they're druggies. They're druggies. They're having a grand old time. They're druggies. The Federal Reserve is the drug dealer. Keeps putting out the money. So finally, we have a Speaker of the House. And we have a slim Republican majority that says, all right, let this, this can't go on. We at least need to begin to chip away at this. trillion over 10 years. That doesn't sound like a lot based on what I just told you, does it? It's not. But it's important because it starts to tap the brakes. And if we start to tap the brakes and hit the brakes a little harder and so it's very, very important. So what does Biden say? No. I want to tap the gas pedal. In fact, I want to put it down. I want to press it all the way. Like my Corvette. By the way, they need to yank his driver's license. Guy can't even ride a bike or walk down the street. But that's a whole other story. So this guy, who can't even speak, he says, I'm not negotiating with anybody over the debt ceiling. I'm not going to allow the Republicans to put the nation in financial straits. Excuse me? No, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to allow that. He lies. They lie. The media lie. Because they're all in it. They all want the same thing. Massive government spending. And they know what I know, what you know. If we start to address the debt, even a little bit, then the whole Marxist Democrat Party model collapses. They'd rather talk about the rich. You know, if we can get the rich to pay their fair share, what is their fair share? They actually believe 90% is the fair share. Well, let me tell you, you tax people at 90%, they're going to stop producing and stop working. They're not going to give a crap anymore. You tax me at 90%, I'm out of here. I'm not going to make money from major corporations and get 10% on the dollar. But why should you? Your labor belongs to you. Whether it's your physical labor or your intellectual labor, that belongs to you. Why should the government steal 90% of your working life from you? That's what I'm talking about. And give it to some schmo who doesn't get off his ass and work. Or give it to illegal aliens. Or whatever. Give it to left-wing groups. I'm not working for them. Are you? I'll be right back. Mark 
Blub in. Let me ask you, what the heck is going on with the banks? These bank failures are absolutely nuts. How are we supposed to find sanity in this mess? And I was talking with Augusta Precious Metals, and they said tons of people are buying gold to protect the retirement savings right now. I think it's more important than ever to own gold. And guess what? If you have $100,000 plus saved for retirement, Augusta will actually pay you in pure gold to learn how gold IRAs can protect you. Reach out to Augusta Precious Metals today and get started with gold. If you're worried about the bank failures, this is something you can do for yourself. Just call 877-4-GOLD-IRA to learn how to protect your retirement and get your free gold coin. That's Augusta Precious Metals at 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Again, 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult your financial professionals before any investment and see risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Well, I hope you paid your taxes. You got an extension. There's 87,000 new IRS agents, and they're gunning for you. And you can thank the Democrat Party for this. And I hope you don't convey over $600 via PayPal or any of the other pay services. Because under the last massive spending bill passed by the Democrats... Those services are required to send you a 1099, and you need to pay taxes on those monies. All for the middle class, of course. Ronald Reagan used to say, uh, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help you, is what the government likes to say. And he used to say, they're not here to help you. They're spending addictions, driving up inflation, pushing up the cost on everything from groceries to gas. Then to add insult to injury, they've been raising your taxes. Well, we can begin this, Mr. Producer. Shalonda Young is the OMB director. She was on MSLSD today with uh, Mrs. Scarborough. Cut three, go. Congressional Republicans have a bill that says we'll avoid default. We'll help Mm -hmm. the American people out but only in exchange for some unrelated policies and millions of dollars in cuts to programs that working families depend on. We're talking about veterans' medical care. No, we're not. We're talking about COVID monies that went unspent. We're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars for left-wing groups. We're talking about multi-billions of dollars for bureaucracy. Ladies and gentlemen, every time the radical left Democrats say something like this, are you benefiting? Are you getting a piece of the action? Is the agriculture department better? Is the energy department better when it is shutting down drilling? I'm asking you. How about the education department as kids are losing IQs? You think, the, you think they should get more money? That's what they mean. Oh, we're cutting money for, for working Americans. You're not cutting anything for working Americans. You're screwing on working Americans. Go ahead. Nutrition for seniors like Meals on Wheels, rail safety. Meals FAA on Wheels, cut. what is that? A hundred million dollars a year, a billion dollars a year. We're talking about seven trillion dollars, ladies and gentlemen. Everything she lists, the vast majority of money they're spending has nothing to do with this. But there's Mika with her head bobbling up like like a bobble doll. The bobbleheads? Yes, she's a bobblehead. Go ahead. 
like they're vague on purpose because when the American people ah, shut up, you can- idiot. Seven trillion dollars. It's like an auction. Seven trillion. Make it eight trillion. Why not eight trillion? Eight trillion. Eight and a half trillion. Do I hear nine trillion? Nine trillion. OK, nine and a half. Do I hear nine and a half? Trillion? We have nine point two trillion. Great. How about nine and a half? Nine and a half. Marky from Massachusetts. Good for ten. Ten trillion. Anybody for. Oh, ten trillion over there. Good. Good. What is this? They're destroying our country. They're not doing anything for the people. They're driving up the cost of fuel. They're going to ensure we have brownouts and blackouts. They're now going after the electrical grid. They're destroying the combustion engine and the gasoline vehicle. They're driving up the cost of dishwashers, washing machines, dryers, HVAC systems. They don't care about you and the the middle class, as Marx would put it. They don't care about anything. Meals on wheels? That's a spit in the bucket for the federal government. First of all, they're not the only ones that pay for it. But I'm just making the point. We're not talking about meals on wheels or any of the rest of it. Mickey Mouse stuff compared to what they're really doing. What are you really doing with $7 trillion? Shalanda, may I call you Shalanda? It's Shalanda Young. Remember her testimony early on? Remember when she testified she couldn't define a woman? There's another woman who couldn't define a woman. Um, you could look in the mirror naked. That might be a hint. No, no, no. I don't want to be disrespectful. To whom? Uh, to women who are now men. Women who are now men, that may be superficially so, but it's certainly not biologically so. Uh, excuse me, you're wrong. I'm following the science. I'm going to ask Fauci if I can ever get I'm going to ask him. What's a woman? Can you define that for me? All right. We'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening. And thank you so much for this sponsorship. Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Don't be nervous. I'm here. You nervous, Jim? They thought this happened. Heart attack where my head hits the microphone. (laughs) My wife hates when I say that. Can you imagine that, Jim? All right. I'm out of breath. I ran up two flights. Blinken and his wife emailed frequently with Hunter Biden. Raising questions about the role in laptop cover-up. This isn't the New York Slimes. It's not the Washington Compost. It's not Maggot Haberman. Jeremy and his Peters. No, it's none of those people. They only get prizes for lying about Donald Trump. It's not over there at Mediocreite. Were they obsessed with Tucker Carlson? Ron DeSantis, 
and Donald Trump. Now, this is the uh, Fox News digital. So what happened here, folks? Blinken, isn't he the Secretary of State? Secretary of State Anthony Blinken held a meeting with Hunter Biden at the State Department in July 2015. By my calculation, that's seven and a half years ago. When he was serving as the Deputy Secretary of State in the Obama-Biden administration, and Hunter was on the board of the Ukrainian energy firm Burisma. You may have heard of that. According to emails reviewed and verified by Fox News Digital. The ties between Blinken and Hunter Biden could face increased scrutiny. Only by the Republicans on Capitol Hill, of course. After former CIA Deputy Director Michael Morrell, who's a Trump hater, by the way, testified to the House Judiciary and Intelligence Committees last week that Blinken, I may mention he's Secretary of State, as President Biden's then-campaign senior advisor, quote, played a role in the inception, unquote, of the public statement signed by Intel officials claiming Hunter's abandoned laptop was part of a Russian disinformation campaign just weeks before the 2020 presidential election. So this is a real dirty trick. These guys make Nixon look like, uh, well, well, Nixon wasn't bad, certainly compared to these guys. With the Russia collusion and all that. Look at this. And so he's awarded with being Secretary of State. For doing the dirty work for Joe Biden. So Joe Biden knew this letter was, was a fake and a fraud. Anthony Blinken knew this letter was a fake and a fraud, obviously. Jake Sherman, the National Security Advisor, he knew this letter was a fake and a fraud. But it didn't matter. The media didn't want to know the source. No, 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 we have to stop Trump and help Biden. And they're doing that to this day. Let's continue. The ties between Blinken and Biden could face increased scrutiny. I don't know. Not if you read the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost. Uh, then you don't know anything. Emails from the infamous abandoned laptop that Blinken sought to discredit so that Hunter has ties to Blinken and his wife. You know, this laptop was a treasure trove. Still is. It's in the hands of the American Stasi. It's in the hands of the Department of Injustice. Meritless Garland. It's a Trevor trove of crimes, criminality, corruption, violations of federal law, perhaps state law. Not just implicating Hunter Biden, but implicating big dumb Joe and the rest of the mob family. Emails from the infamous abandoned laptop that Blinken sought to discredit show that Hunter has ties to Blinken and his wife, Evan Ryan, dating back... Why does his wife have a guy's name? Evan. Dating back over a decade, having scheduled meetings with him while he was on the board of Burisma, and Blinken was Deputy Secretary of State. Ooh, the plot 
seconds. But they still want to appoint a special counsel, and that's what's needed. In an email on May 22, 2015, Hunter tried to schedule a meeting with Blinken so he could get the Deputy Secretary of State's advice on some things. Have a few minutes next week to grab a cup of coffee, maybe a prostitute. No, I added that. Hunter asked, I know you're impossibly busy, but would you like to, I would like to get your advice on a couple things, quote unquote. Uh, absolutely. Blinken replied, I'm just about to land in Tokyo and I'm dropping names all over the place. And wrote back to D.C. from Burma. Burma? Is he doing collecting rubies? I'll be in the office from Tuesday on, copying Linda in my office to find a good time. Look forward to seeing you, Tony. Guy was a kiss-ass. He knew he wanted to be Secretary of State. Hunter then forwarded Blinken's response to his business partner and fellow Burisma board member, Devin Archer. Roger, Archer responded. 10-4. No, I added that. Several emails then followed discussing logistics. An email from Blinken's then-assistant, Linda Landers. What is this, Mr. Producer? Some kind of a uh, comedy movie? Linda Landers. Oh, May- Was that her real name, Linda Landers? Apparently so. On May 27, 2015, listed Blinken's schedule for that day. Quote, I'm trying to schedule you after Tony's afternoon White House meeting. Are you available about 3.45 or 4 p.m.? Linda Landers wrote, can you come to the department for coffee and see his new digs? Ooh. I should be. I should be. Let me know and I'll be wherever is easiest for him, Hunter responded. Hunter also forwarded a response from Blinken's assistant to Archer saying, FYI. 10-4? No, I added that. The meeting at the State Department was initially set for 3.30 p.m. and then moved to 4 p.m. on May 27, 2015. But at the time of the emails, Hunter's older brother, Bo Biden, had been admitted to Walter Reed, obviously because of his brain cancer, which is a serious matter. But the meeting was later scheduled for July 22nd. According to an email scheduled from uh, Hunter Biden's assistant. So five weeks later, he's back at it. 12 to 1.30 p.m. Lunch with Tony Blinken, State Department. Hunter's schedule read. Enter a main entrance, diplomatic entrance, 22nd and C Streets, Northwest. Proceed to receptionist area where Kenny Matthews will be waiting to escort you to Tony's office. Later that day, Blinken told Hunter in an email, it was great to see him and catch up. You will love this, Blinken wrote to Hunter on July 22, 2015, after you left Marjorie, the wonderful African-American woman who sits in my outer office and used to be Colin Powell's assistant, said to me, he sure is pledging on the eyes. Tell your wife, said Blinken. Well then, it's unclear what was discussed during this meeting. Fox News Digital's inquiries sent to the White House, Hunter's lawyer, State Department were not returned. Can you imagine that? Appears that Hunter first tried to connect with Blinken on June 16, 2010, when he asked Blinken's wife, current White House Cabinet Secretary Evan Ryan, that's a big job, for his non-government email address. 
Uh, can I get Tony's non-government email, Hunter asked? I want to send him something. Thanks. And he spells Tony T-O-N-I. Isn't that the way you spell it for girls, Mr. Producer? Ryan, Evan Ryan, which is typically a guy's name. The administration's very hip, you know. Who worked at the White House at the time and later went to work at the State Department, according to her Lincoln, then provided Blinken's personal email address to Hunter. She previously worked for Biden as his deputy campaign manager during his unsuccessful presidential run between 2007 and 2008. In March 2010, Hunter Biden's longtime business partner, he has a lot of longtime business partners. Some of them are Anglo, some of them are Communist Chinese. Eric Schwerin. Schwerin? <laughs> yes, Eric Schwerin. Emailed Hunter about a couple White House events and said, quote, talk to Evan, that's the wife of Blinken, Tony, spelled T-O-N-Y, not T-O-N-I, about them and how many tickets the office of the vice president would be allotting for guests. And it goes on. And what this shows, it goes on and on and on, as a matter of fact is the closeness that Hunter had with Tony, T-O-N-Y, and Evan, who's a woman, Tony's wife. And uh, they socialized, they wrote back and forth, this guy Schwerman, one of his business partners was involved, more and more. Now, in his transcribed interview, Morell, remember him, the CIA guy, he testified that on or around October 17, 2020, uh, he was reached out to uh, discuss Hunter Biden's laptop story, they wrote. According to Morell, although your outreach was couched as simply getting Morell's reaction to the Post story, it set in motion the events that led the issuance of the public statement. This is to Blinken. Morell further explained that one of his two goals Releasing the statement was to help then-Vice President Biden in a debate to assist him in winning the election, they wrote. We used to call this a smoking gun. We used to call this fingerprints. We used to call this DNA. We used to call this a stained blue dress. Based on Morrell's testimony, it's apparent the Biden campaign played an active role in the origins of the public statement which had the effect of helping to suppress the Hunter Biden story. I don't know why they even bothered to do all this. They just had to wait for Meritless Garland to show up. He'll suppress it all for them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. 
Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L E V I N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. Puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. I figured out Biden has to run for re election. You know why, Mr. Producer? Because he figures if Hunter's part, uh, uh, indicted or he's indicted, he'll par- pardon Hunter and pardon himself. I mean, he's got the perfect situation there with the meritless Garland, so it's unlikely he'll ever be charged with anything. That is, uh, you know, Mr. 10% there, the big guy. I think they used to call... Uh, Gambino, Mr. 10%. But here's Joe Biden at a press conference at the White House today. And uh, I'm looking at number six, Mr. Producer. And uh, says he was going to run no matter what. Cut six, go. Did Donald Trump's decision to run affect yours? Would you be running if he wasn't? Yeah, I think I still would be running if he wasn't. I, I do know him well. And he's not hard to know, as you know. You know him well, too. Um, and, uh, no, you're a rambling ass. You really are. We know you well, too. We know you very well. He's the put-down artist. The guy who, uh, who's been a sleazeball his whole life, who's made millions nobody knows how exactly, who's destroyed many wonderful people and have tried to destroy others. This is the guy. Who, uh, who's attacking everybody else. Well, I want to remind you, America. I want to remind you of Tara Reid, our friends at PJ Media, Matt Margolis, woman who says Joe Biden sexually assaulted her reacts to his campaign announcement. Joe Biden has a well-documented history of inappropriate behavior with young women, even little girls. Yes, he's a pervert. No wonder he keeps signing. Oh, look at this. Book burners, these Republicans, you know, it's DeSantis. Yeah, their books on pornography, children. Hey, never bother me, I'm Joe. But one of the most serious accusations came from Tara Reid in 2019 when she revealed publicly that Joe Biden touched her inappropriately while she worked as a staffer in his Senate office in 1993. Notice how this doesn't affect the uh, ladies at The View. I'm not allowed to say ladies. The it's at The View. Notice they're utterly unaffected by this. For women's rights. Except we can't define a woman. According to Reid, Biden would... uh, Yeah, it's too too much. Reid explained uh, what he did. It's effectively uh, rape is what it is. Tara Reid reacted to Biden's campaign announcement yesterday. She tweeted this, Joe Biden announced he is running for president today for 2024. Someone asked me how I felt. She tweeted, how would you feel? My monster is now America's monster. This is the year not to vote blue, no matter who. And to the other candidates running that may not win, if you end up endorsing Joe Biden just to hold power, that will put you on the wrong side of history forever. I'm sure Maggie Haberman... 
is very interested in following up on this. I understand they have at least six reporters also at the Washington Compost looking into this. Mediaite. Mediaite ran with this. Oh, they didn't? Why not? Because her name isn't Tucker Carlson. That's why. Or Ron DeSantis or, or Donald Trump. It's deeply concerning that there's been a shocking disregard among the left and the media, I would add, for the allegations of his inappropriate behavior towards women, including the credible accusations of sexual assault. Reed told her mother, her brother, and a close friend about the incident after it happened and even attempted to file a complaint at the time, but Biden's loyal staff protected him, just like the media today, just like the frauds and the phonies who surround him today. In fact, Reed's allegations have far more credibility than those of Christine Blasey Ford, who accused Brett Kavanaugh of sexually assaulting uh, her in high school. Oh, yeah, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh, he would be on uh, uh, gang rapes every weekend. It was unbelievable. This, And you look at Kavanaugh and you listen to him. This guy's a complete nerd. No one was able to corroborate Ford's story, and her lawyer's attempted to pressure one of her witnesses to alter their account. During her testimony, Ford stated she was given a ride home from the party, but she was unable to identify the driver, and no one came forward claiming to have given her any ride either. Mark, you want details? What's with the details, for crying out loud? In all likelihood, Ford may have been assaulted in the 80s, but modified the assault's timeline to 82 to allege that it occurred during Kavanaugh's high school years. Whatever. Tara Reid has like a photographic remedy of how Joe Biden molested her. And he goes around smelling little girl's hair. and Guy is a pervert. I'll be right. Uh, you can quote me. I'll be right back. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. The voice of sanity in an insane world. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. You know, these uh, crackpots, these uh, nighttime phony comedians, more like court jesters. What is that? Kittle, Kimball, what's his name? Mr. what's his name? Kimmel. I want to thank his 412 writers for uh, stealing from the Levin show here. How many times have I called Jeff Zucker, who used to be at CNN, Jeff Mother Zucker? Four billion times? 
so Kimmel, Kimmel and Bits, who's a moron and a slob, I think I get bigger numbers than he does. I get bigger numbers on Sunday night than he does on a network show. He, uh, you know, he smears and slurs Tucker. He calls him Mother Tucker. That's very clever there, uh, Kimmel. You plagiarizing slob. He's a big liberal, don't you know? Oh, yes, yes, he's... It's a guy that uh, dressed up as a woman, as I recall. I think he even dressed up with blackface. He did something like that. I don't remember. It was? Yeah. I never did that. It never even occurred to me to do that. But, you know, he's a, he's a jokester. He's a funny guy. So they figured, you know what? That's good. Let's promote him. It's like Joy Reid. Homophobic. Put stuff on their, uh, her internet uh, social site. Somebody else put that on. I had nothing to do with that. I, I don't even know how that got there. You put it on there. You put it on. No, no, no. I'm asking for an independent investigation. Of course, the FBI never looked. Thank God to her. And there's Comcast. You know, we have a place for that, that lady. She's good. She's a good liar. I mean, we thought Sharpton was a good liar. We, we thought Joe Scarborough. We thought he was a good liar. Nobody beats Joy Reid. And then they gave her 7 p.m. prime time. Then over at ABC, they're looking for people on The View. It's an odd show to call that show The View. And quite frankly, it's hard to look at the people on The View for me, Mr. Producer. I don't know. It's The View. It should be, uh, you know, I won't say. But nonetheless, there's Joy Behar. No joy at all. She used to be a radio host, but she failed. There's Whoopi Goldberg. Her real name's Karen. Oh, yeah, if you can imagine, she's a Karen. Then it's Sonny Halston. She changed her name to Sonny because nobody can pronounce her name, she said. You know what? She happens to be right about that. What else is on there? Oh! Farrah Griffin, I think her name is. And Joe Farrah's a great guy. Sorry, Joe. Who else? Lisa Farah. Oh. Big bore. Boring. Boring. Then they have Anna Navarra, I think her name is. Anna Navarra, who is a complete slob, may I say. I believe in equity. And a mental patient. In three languages. At least two. And so let's watch The View. And nobody boycotts The View, you know, despite the swill that they spit out, despite the poison, the cancerous atmosphere, and all the clapping seals in the audience, all the yentas joined by yen. Yay! Yay, 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 yay! Because they, they have the applause machine, you know. They have the applause machine. I would love to get into that audience one day, just sit in the back. Applaud at the wrong time, maybe boo them. Get out the real names. Hey, Karen, I'm over here. And all of them turn around, all five of them, and look, wait, wait, I'm not a Karen. No, no, that Karen, over there. Would you join me, Mr. Producer? Mr. Producer would join me, of course. All right, I want to uh, you to listen to this new RNC ad. It's actually quite good about Joe Biden. I mean, the video is even better, but it's radio, so we don't have a video. 
Cut seven, go. This just in, we can now call the 2024 presidential race for Joe Biden. My fellow Americans. This morning, an emboldened China invades Taiwan. Financial markets are in free fall as 500 regional banks have shuttered their doors. Border agents were overrun by a surge of 80,000 illegals yesterday evening. Officials closed the city of San Francisco this morning, citing the escalating crime and fentanyl crisis. Who's in charge here? It feels like the train is coming off the tracks. Yes, we've always said that about Joe. His train does go off the tracks. You know, this guy, as I've said before, at least Mussolini made the trains run on time. Joe can't even do that. He still hasn't gone to Palestine, Ohio. Still really hasn't gone to the southern border, except when it was turned into the Potemkin Village. Still hasn't gone to Nashville and to the private Christian school. And again, the manifesto, the journals, the notes of the mass murder, they will not release. Police chief, chief of police, he says it's just too, too much. Too much for what? For whom? And there's the New York slimes and the Washington compost boy leading the charge. Give us that. Oh, they're not? No. They're not? No. That fake tapper, he's demit. No, he's not. Don Lemon. No, he's gone. Who's left of the old team? Where's Brian Stelter? Well, who cares where BS is anyway? And we move over to MSNBC. Nicole Wallace with that stupid look on her face. Excuse me, that is her look. Oh, I didn't know. Well, with that stupid look on her face, she's never asked. No, not Nicole. It's actually Nicole Lee. It ends with an E. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? So why do they call it Nicole? Why is the E silent? Nicole's not silent. She's a big mouth. Anyway, that's a good ad, I thought, ladies and gentlemen. Claire McCaskill's on MSNBC. Why? She's a loser. She lost her re-election campaign, I think, to Josh Hawley. Why is she on MSNBC? Shouldn't she be on The View, too? Come to think of it. Shouldn't The View have, like, 14 members on there? Just line up all the... Never mind. I can imagine what the green room is at The View. Eclairs, donuts, sugar cookies, cupcakes. Uh, Nonetheless, Claire McCaskill on MSNBC. Cut eight, go. I think what they have done after jobs and after all the slaughter in schools with military style weapons, I sense that there is a majority of Americans that see the Republican Party as extremists. Wow. Please, please. First, they're country clubbers, Mr. Putin. Now they're extremists. First, they're the country clubbers with the plaid pants. And, uh, and now they're extremists, you see. Because of the Dobbs decision that leaves it to the states to make the abortion determination, which is exactly the way it was prior to 1973. And I don't know what these blue staters are worried about anyway. You can have abortions. It'll be paid for by the taxpayer. You can have it right up to birth. If your baby survives the abortion... 
You can choke the baby out right there on the table. What, what is your problem? What are you whining about? What are you complaining about? That every state in the union has to copy you? We have different death penalty laws in every state. Some have death penalties, some don't. We have all kinds of different laws. All of a sudden, reproductive rights. What a name. So you're killing a baby and you call it reproduction? I don't get that at all. By the way, I heard this. Nikki Haley. She said we need to have a national unity position on this. Well, we're not going to have a national unity position on this. I don't even know what that means. But even worse, while I'm on the subject, before I finish with Claire, may I call you Claire? Another one with the E on the end. You see, my name is Levin. There's some people that have L-E-V-I-N with the E on the end. I never understood that. I'm economical. It's L-E-V-I-N. Economical. Let's see here. I am, uh, give me two seconds, please. I'm looking, I'm looking right here. Ooh. Nikki Haley. On Fox. If Disney would like to move their hundreds of thousands of jobs to South Carolina and bring the billions of dollars with them, I'll let them know. I'll let them know. I'll be happy to meet them. Sorry for the illiteracy. It's not mine. I'll be happy to meet them in South Carolina and introduce them to the governor and the legislature. This tells me a lot. I can never support Nikki Haley for president now. It's nothing personal. You've got the governor of Florida and the people who Florida who don't want this corporation dictating what goes on in their public school classrooms, what goes on in the libraries in the public school. They don't want anything to do with that. And this is a multi-billion dollar corporation that is subsidized heavily and has been for half a century. And you have a governor with a different view about subsidizing corporations, particularly corporations based in Los Angeles. And so, he's trying to put his foot down that he's the governor, that the legislature is the legislature, and this massive corporation can't throw its weight around from California to tell little kids how they're going to be educated in the classroom. So Nikki Haley stabs DeSantis in the back and apparently is a sellout to wokeism. It's a sellout to the culture war. What kind of a common is this? We want this massive corporation with all its subsidies, with all its wokeism. At the top, you got this guy, Bob Iger, a left-wing kook Democrat worth millions, driving the engine over there, who wants to impose his will on the people of Florida. We welcome you into South Carolina. You impose your will here. You can teach our kids here how to be woke. That tells me Nikki Haley is not up to fighting in the culture. She's not up to it. Because she just sold out to it. She thought this was a nice, cheap way to deal with it. To distinguish herself from DeSantis. There are other ways you can do it. This is not acceptable to me. If you're not willing to fight the culture wars because they are devouring our country. And I said this last week and the week before that I'm not supporting you. Period. 
It's one thing to have a disagreement. Maybe there's a foreign policy attack. No. Parents should be furious by this too. All the parents groups across the country. You don't want this either. You don't want somebody who rolls in and says, hey, you know what? Uh, Disney, you want to come over to my state? I'll introduce you to the governor and the legislature. We'll take Disney and all their jobs and all the money and all the rest. That's the problem with the establishment, and I'm sad to say, rhinos. Right there. It's nothing personal with me. But what I do take personally is that parents are fighting like hell to defend their children against what's going on with the teachers' unions, what's going on in the classrooms, that these are wars and battles that need to be fought, that the corporatists have joined with the Democrats and have joined with the wokesters and are imposing their will on the population. This is why I told you, you know, DeSantis, Nome, some of the others, Abbott, they could go along like the other Republican governors. They could be like a, a Chris Christie or a Larry Hogan or a Chris Sununu and just go along for the ride. But these others did not. And DeSantis did not. So, Haley, you're off my list. Nothing personal. Nothing personal. But that exposed you. That, that said a lot about you right there. We'll be back to McCaskill in a minute. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't fall for the free phone deals from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile, folks. Just another trick to lock you into a long-term contract that's going to cost you a fortune every single month. Instead, get a brand new iPhone 12 from Pure Talk for just 12 bucks a month at 0% interest, no contract. Cancel or leave anytime. Get a new iPhone, ultra-fast 5G service, and cut your cell phone bill in half. That's why I'm a Pure Talk customer. That's why you should be, too. You can switch right now at puretalk.com in as little as 10 minutes. Choose from a variety of unlimited talk and text plans starting at 30 bucks a month with plenty of high-speed data, all backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast, and you'll save 50% off your first month. An iPhone 12 for 12 bucks a month and save on your monthly bill. PureTalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Restrictions apply. You can see the site for details. As I say, it's nothing personal um, with Nikki Haley. Uh, I've met her a few times, spoken to her a few times. Not one-on-one or in a small group, but um, I was thinking maybe she could even be good vice presidential. But I got to tell you, if you're not up for the fight when it comes to the culture, or you're just not un- you're just unwilling to participate in that and engage in that, I just can't back you. I just can't. That doesn't mean anything. People will do what they want to do, run if they want to run. I'm just giving my opinion. We want people who are going to stand up to these corporatists. And Disney's the worst. They have destroyed Walt Disney's dream. They've destroyed these parks. They've destroyed their channel. They've destroyed the movies. Now, they're free to destroy themselves. They are not free 
to spend their time and money to intervene in the classrooms of Florida and other decision-making activities of the state with all their clout and all their power when they're subsidized by the people of Florida and have been for half a century. And the governor made his decision, and for somebody to come, well, come to South Carolina. I wonder if the people of South Carolina agree with that. I doubt it. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our power hour, the number 877-381-3811. We'll be taking calls. In the last half hour, 877-381-3811. Over at the Telegraph, the headline is, China is preparing for war with the, re- with the rest. That would be the West, I can say that. China is preparing for war with the rest. The West. <laughs> the Communist Chinese Party, CCP, vastly wealthy, unelected gang of Marxist revolutionaries. Good for you, pal. Matthew Henderson, again, at the Telegraph, is busily pursuing asymmetric warfare with the United States and the rest of the free world while building up arsenals of everything from drone swarms and lasers to nuclear warheads and hypersonic missiles capable of winning or forestalling full-on nuclear hostilities. The only reason one would acquire these weapons is the expectation of future confrontation with the West. It plainly shows who they perceive the real enemy to be. Us! You and me! And I don't know how many more times I can say this. This is exactly the reason why Biden needs to be thrown out. So-called peacetime and peaceful coexistence are not in the Communist Dictionary. Some commentators might argue that nuclear proliferation cannot be solved without China. But the CCP's bid for world domination in place of the declining West is backed by massive nuclear proliferation. Can Britain alone alter this by continuing to engage? Remember, this is a British newspaper. But it's, it applies to the United States. It's, it's equivalent. The same disconnection from reality informs the notion 
that solving global warming requires cooperation with Beijing. Xi Jinping is heavily dependent on coal. His idea of cleaner energy involves geostrategic quantities of imported oil and gas from Russia and Iran. With Xi in power, the chances of a serious reduction in China's emissions seem slim. The British government, and I'll say the American government, is also keen to emphasize the importance of working with China to prevent future pandemics. Yet when the COVID-19 outbreak started, the CCP deliberately ignored its obligations under the international health regulations, misleading the World Health Organization about the fact of human-to-human transmission long enough for the virus to spread across the globe. The CCP still refuses to share vital COVID data. And there is every chance that the next pandemic will originate in China and that the CCP will again try to cover it up. In short, Britain, and I'll say the United States, in short, Britain appears to be in willful denial of the ruthless truth of Xi's regime. And that's before one even considers its brutality at home. Years before, years before they're they're, uh, pushed in uh, Hong Kong, Beijing assured a very senior UK first visitor that torture was illegal in the Chinese judicial system. They did not respond when he handed them a Chinese police gazette recording hundreds of cases of torture the previous year in a single province. Torture. Here and now, Xi and Putin are colluding to disunite the overthrow the democratic law-based international order. To do so, they are used everything from cyber and human espionage to bribery and influence operations. Threats to key national infrastructure, gray zone operations, coercive diplomacy, theft of key military and security technologies, collusion with tyrannical regimes, subversion of international institutions, to industrial scale black Blackmail and propaganda and disinformation campaigns. In the well-chosen words of Rishi Sunak. Remember him, Mr. Producer? Me neither. China is consciously competing for global influence using all the levers of state power. But despite the obvious implications of this statement, the The British government persists in a contradictory and weak approach, as does the U.S. government, to confronting the greatest security challenge the international community has ever faced. The smartest ruse of the devil is persuading you that he doesn't exist. Baudelaire. It's time for a genuine policy refresh, one combining honest dialogue and a big stick says Matthew Henderson of the Council on Geostrategy. And of course, Matthew Henderson is 100% correct. And his condemnation of the current ruling class in Britain goes for the current ruling class in the United States. The communist Chinese are beyond preparing for war. They are ready for war now. We are not. We run out of ammunition providing support to Ukraine. Now, did you ever think that would happen? This is willful now. 
It's willful to present a budget to the United States Congress that is a 19% increase for the EPA and a 3% increase for the United States military. Well, Mark, well, Mark, we, the, the, the communist Chinese spend a lot less on their military than we do. No, they don't. First of all, they lie about what they spend on the military. We have no idea, really. Secondly, they fuse the civilian and military sectors of their country. And the military has the say-so. And that's not considered. And third, uh, they don't have certain of the restrictions like we do, which is hopefully to treat our troops humanly. They don't have an all-volunteer army. They have conscripts. People do volunteer, but they have conscripts. It's a lot cheaper that way, don't you know? But they're way ahead on lots of technologies now, having stolen the base information from us. The FBI busy chasing down people who paraded and uh, trespassed on government property on January 6th. I'm not talking about the violent people. I'm talking about the other ones. It's a big problem with what's going on with China. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to read something to you from the late Governor Dick Lamb, Democrat, liberal, state of Colorado. And uh, on the issue of immigration, he was a great man. Great man. And so uh, he was speaking in Washington, D.C., 2005. And he stood up and gave a stunning speech on how to destroy America. If you believe that America is too smug, too self-satisfied, too rich, then let's destroy America. It's not that hard to do. No nation in history has survived the ravages of time. Arnold Toynbee observed that all great civilizations rise and fall. And that an autopsy of history would show that all great nations commit suicide. Here's how they do it, Lamb said. How they destroy, how you destroy America. Turn America into a bilingual or multilingual and bicultural country. History shows that no nation can survive the tension, conflict, and antagonism of two or more competing languages and cultures. It's a blessing for an individual to be bilingual, but it's a curse for society to be bilingual. Said the historical scholar Seymour Lipset put it this way. The histories of bilingual and bicultural societies that do not assimilate are histories of turmoil, tension, and tragedy. Canada, Belgium, Malaysia, Lebanon all face crises of national existence which minorities press for autonomy, if not independence. Pakistan and Cyprus have divided. Nigeria suppressed an ethnic rebellion. France faces difficulties with Basques and others. Second, to destroy America, invent multiculturalism and encourage immigrants to maintain their culture, 
I would make it an article of belief that all cultures are equally said, that there are no cultural differences. I would make it an article of faith that the black and Hispanic dropout rates are due to prejudice and discrimination by the majority. Every other explanation is out of bounds. Third, we could make the United States a Hispanic Quebec without much effort. The key is to celebrate diversity rather than unity. As Benjamin Schwartz said in the Atlantic Monthly recently, the apparent success of our own multi-ethnic and multicultural experiment might have been achieved, not by tolerance, but by hegemony. Without the dominance that once dictated ethnocentrality and what is meant by to be an American, hold on, I cut off. Let me see. We are left with only tolerance and pluralism to hold us together. Well, Lamb said, I would encourage all immigrants to keep their own language and culture. Remember, on how to destroy America. I would replace the melting pot metaphor with the salad bowl metaphor. It's important to ensure that we have various cultural subgroups living in America, reinforcing their differences, rather than as Americans emphasizing their similarities. Fourth, I would make our fastest growing demographic group the least educated. I would add a second underclass, unassimilated, undereducated, and antagonistic to our population. I would have this second underclass have a 50% dropout rate from high school. My fifth point for destroying America, said Governor Lamb, would be to get big foundations and businesses to give these efforts lots of money. I would invest in ethnic identity. And I would establish the cult of victimology. I would get all minorities to think their lack of success was the fault of the majority. I would start a grievance industry blaming all minority failure on the majority population. My sixth plan for America's downfall would include dual citizenship and promote divided loyalties. I would celebrate diversity over unity. I would stress differences rather than similarities. Diverse people worldwide are mostly engaged in hating each other. That is, when they're not killing each other. A diverse, peaceful, or stable society is against most historical precedent. People undervalue the unity. Unity is what it takes to keep a nation together. Look at the ancient Greeks. The Greeks believed that they belonged to the same race. They possessed a common language and literature. And they worshipped the same gods. All Greece took part in the Olympic Games common enemy, Persia, threatened their liberty. Yet all these bonds were not strong enough to overcome two factors. Local patriotism and geographical conditions that nurtured political divisions. And Greece fell to the Persians. E pluribus unum, from many one, in that historical reality. If we put the emphasis on the pluribus instead of the unum, we can balkanize America as surely as Kosovo. Next to last, I would place all subjects off limits. Make it taboo to talk about anything against the cult of diversity. I'd find a word similar to heretic in the 16th century that stopped discussion and paralyzed thinking. Words like racist or xenophobes halt discussion and debate. And having made America a bilingual, bicultural country, having established multiculturalism, having the large foundations fund the doctrine of victimology, I would next make it impossible to enforce our immigration laws. I would develop a mantra 
that because immigration has been good for America, it must always be good. I would make every individual immigrant symmetric and ignore the cumulative impact of millions and millions of them. Lastly, I would censor Victor Davis Hansen's book, Mexifornia. His book is dangerous, exposes the plan to destroy America. If you feel America deserves to be destroyed, then don't read his book. There was no applause. Colorado Governor Lamb walked off the stage. The man was prescient. He was absolutely prescient. I'm telling you this because I look at this analysis over at Breitbart. Biden projected to bring over 2 million illegal aliens to the United States just this year. Likely more than 2 million border crosses, writes John Binder, and illegal aliens are expected to be encountered in the United States at the U.S.-Mexico border by the end of September. In his first year in office, Stephen Coptis, with Princeton Policy Advisors, accurately projected that about 2 million border crossers and illegal aliens would be encountered along the southern border. Likewise, in 2022, he correctly projected that more than 2.3 million border crossers and illegal aliens would be encountered at the border for a total of about 4.2 million border encounters in Biden's first two years, and with millions of those being released into the U.S. interior. For fiscal 2023, which ends in September, Coppets estimates that more than 2 million more border crossers and illegal aliens will have been encountered at the border, slightly down from his prior projection. Our forecast for fiscal year 2023 apprehension still constitutes the second worst year on record, better only than last year, he writes. Still dreadful, he says. That projection is likely to rise as the Biden administration tests a host of catch-and-release programs like the Custom and Border Protection One mobile app, which allows foreign nationals to schedule appointments at the border for release into the United States, and they are, they're released by the thousands. They use their apps, an app that's been set up by the Biden administration. Biden is set to have about 30,000 foreign nationals released into the U.S. interior every single month via this app alone. That app alone. Already more than 30,000 have been released since the app start date in mid-January. Foreign nationals using the migrant mobile app have a 99% success rate of getting released into the U.S. interior after scheduling their appointment, their appointment at the uh, at the border. The data shows. So the nation is being changed fundamentally. People are coming into this country, and they're not going to assimilate into this country. You know why, Mister Producer? Number one, they don't have to. In the past, they did. And number two, what are they going to assimilate into? They'll go to our public schools and they'll be taught to hate America. They'll be taught to hate the majoritarian, or the majority population, I should say, in America. They'll be taught to hate the American founding, capitalism. So what exactly are they going to assimilate into? I'll be right back. 
you want to talk to Mark, we have two numbers for you to call. For regular Americans, call 877-381-3811. For liberals, call 877-381-3811. Well, we'd be taking calls this segment. That's right. I said it. Or as Mr. Producer likes to say, you can ask me some questions. Did you know that he does that? Jimmy does. I said it's ask, not axed. I think he's got it. I think he's got it fixed. It's a Bronx thing, you know. He grew up in the Bronx. Ah, uh, it's not a Philadelphia thing. I don't think. At least it wasn't where I grew up. I don't know what's going on here. Maybe I need, you know, some sugar, like a cupcake. Or a piece of cake. You know, people like candy. I like cake. I like bread. I must want some. You know, my wife said, that's enough already. Because I'm, a, you know, I've gained too much weight. I'm a, I'm a heavyweight now. Not a fat slob. I'm not on the view. I'm just a heavyweight. So that's what we have here. Uh, all right, let's take some calls. I think I, uh, oh, I have them right here. Hold on now. Hold on. Yellow. Let's see, right here. Let's start from the top, shall we? Uh, no, we shall not. Uh, now that I see what's at the top. Let's go to Joe, South Bend, Indiana, on the Mark Living app. Joe, go right ahead, please. Good evening, Mark. Um, I'm sure you remember, like I do, when we were teens in the 70s, listening to Carl Sagan talk about the billions and billions, billions of stars. Billions and billions. Well, that's nothing. I found on the Internet, and maybe you'll research it. Maybe I'm wrong. But if you were to take a $100 bill, put yeah. them in one stack until it reached a trillion, yeah. it's 631 miles high. And really? I can't, I can't fathom that. That's, I'm in Michigan. That's halfway Did you say to- billion or trillion? What's that? Did you say billion or trillion? One trillion with hundred, mm-hmm. not one dollar bills, but hundred dollar bills. Mm-hmm. And I've looked this up on numerous websites. I couldn't believe it. I cannot fathom well, I it. I believe you. But it shows you what a trillion dollars is, and people need to understand that, and they don't. Mm-hmm. No, afraid not. They don't care either, because for many people, it's, I want what you've created. People who've contributed nothing to this society, making demands. Somehow they're better than successful people. What if you're a billionaire and you've created 25,000 jobs where families have an income, put food on the table, can save up for whatever they want to save up and so forth? Why are we supposed to hate that person? If he is a billionaire, he hadn't taken anything from me. I- I'm quite serious about this. Elon Musk hasn't taken anything from me. So why do I care? Why do I care what my neighbor makes? What I care is what the damn government is taking from me, my paycheck, and giving it to people who haven't earned it. That I care about. All right, Joe. Thank you for your call. Let's continue. Herb, Herb, Huntsville, Alabama, the great WVNN. Herb, is the H silent? Uh, no, that's uh, Herb from Huntsville. Uh, Herb, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Mark, and... Uh, uh, really appreciate you uh, taking call, and uh, it's an honor to talk to you. Uh, Thank I just you. wanted to touch base on your comments about Nikki Haley. Uh, mm-hmm. I did not hear her 
uh, quotes. Uh, no, no, she put so it I out on uh, Twitter. Yeah, so, so you know, I, I don't know the context that it was given in or anything of that sort. There was no context. Uh, she just flopped it up there. Okay. Well, I, I wanted to share with you that when you said her quote, I actually interpreted it opposite from the way you did. Now, I don't disagree with the way you interpreted it, because literally I, I agree with everything you said. But w- when you first said it, I said to myself, I, I actually chuckled and said, oh, she's being snarky. You know, oh, uh, you don't like it in Florida? Well, then go so- to some other state. I'll and she didn't say go to some other state. She said, I will introduce you to the governor and legislature. Come to South Carolina. Well, we'll take the money and the hundreds of thousands of jobs. How can you interpret that some other way than what she said? I, like I said, when you first said it, it, it sounded to me like she was just being snarky. Uh, it, it, but anyway, I think you're I, projecting because that's not what she said. It's not snarky. She made a definitive statement. I don't know how much clearer she could have made it in plain English, do. Well, that's why I don't disagree with your interpretation. I just wanted to share. That's why that I love you. I You're a great caller. So, uh, would would love to hear her on your show. By the way. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well. You never know, my friend. You never know. But I am not taking, uh, you know, suggestions. Okay. Well. Thanks for all you do. <laughs> hey, Huntsville. Let me ask you a question. University yes, Drive, does it still have all those great restaurants lining up one side and the other? So, uh, if you're talking about some years back, uh, yes. that is sort of not there anymore, but they still do have lots of restaurants there. There have been a number of other places that have popped up with good restaurants. And uh, What's new, your favorite barbecue mall. place there? Uh, Lawler's is uh, one of the best ones. Uh, what about Gibson's? Gibson's probably yeah, Gibson's is probably the best. Yep. All I know uh, is I like both of them a hell of a lot. And there's also Ted's. They they do really I, good I don't know Ted's. Well. Yes. Well, I'm all for them. They have a couple of di- they have a couple of different places around. Yeah. But you know that 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 vinegar coleslaw at Gibson's is really great. Really like it. Yeah. It, it it's better it's better because it's not as sour as some of the others are. Right. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Huntsville, Alabama really is a great place. As a matter of fact, they have the Redstone Arsenal there where the uh, Saturn V was developed and other top-secret space stuff has developed. You've got an enormous number of uh, brilliant scientists and engineers and so forth in that one little area, Huntsville, Alabama, and, and the environs. And... Um, it really is quite remarkable uh, what takes place there. So you've got a very high, high, high level of uh, education there. I just wanted people to know that because some people might be uh, from Harvard and go, oh, Huntsville. Let me tell you something. There's smarter people in Huntsville than Harvard. This I can tell you. First of all, they vote right. And then you got all the, uh, you know, the, the Kennedy types and the rest that get into Harvard. Oh, yeah. Okay. They must have really worked hard, I'll tell you what. And not even Ted. Ted was such a cheat, he had to go to the University of Virginia. Did you know that, Mr. Producer? Oh, yeah. His father tried to buy his seat in there like he did the rest of them, but not Teddy. Teddy didn't make the cut, I'm afraid. 
I think I'm right about that. If not, uh, so be it. Uh, But I think I am. Let us continue, shall we? Yes, we can. Let us go to Tony with an I. Clifton, New Jersey, the great WABC. Tony with an I. How are you? Hi, Mark. I'm great. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I loved your interview with President Trump. It was it was so telling and it was so intimate and it was just such a good way of letting everyone know how great he actually is and what he has to To let him speak rather than play defense. Hey, what about this? And what about that? You know, Biden doesn't put up with that crap. Anyway, go right ahead. I'm sorry. So the reason I called you is because, you know, I have studied since my retirement, I've studied the U.S. history and I've gone into other countries Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. just love my country. And since I retired in 2018, things were okay, except for the past few years. And I wonder how we, for a country that doesn't have that many socialists, or you could correct me. How have they gotten so far with their agenda? Well, we do have many. Have we have money? many, many Marxists. It? We call them elected Democrats. Right. Are they, like, in a party? Are they registered Marxists? Are no, they, they're registered are they Democrats. Just... <laughs> I'm not talking about Democrats who are, like, electricians and plumbers and bricklayers and truck drivers. Elected Democrats. The vast majority are, in fact, Marxists. This is why they get their back up when I say it in the media. What do you mean by that? Hey! I wrote a whole book on it. If they want to know what I mean, they can read it. And by the way, I don't have any book to give you, but maybe the library has it. I doubt it because, you know, you know, Tony, the Democrats and Biden are saying Republicans are removing books from the shelves. My book was never on the shelf. What do you say about that? Republicans well, are removing sexually explicit books out of elementary schools, and Biden, the pervert's very upset about that. As a matter of fact, we should start calling these Democrats perverts, these, these media personalities and entertainers. We should start calling them perverts, Tony, because if they think little kids should be saying sexual stuff in books, including graphics and pictures, they're perverts. And, uh, oh, the Republicans want to take books off the shelves. Yeah, those books we want to take off the shelf. Why is Biden fighting so hard to keep them? Can you tell me, Tony? He's a pervert. That's he's why. a pervert. Exactly. You're good. Thank you for your call. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, I'm a donut connoisseur. Not anymore, though. I want to reassure my wife, I really don't eat the nuts anymore, but I'll tell you what. If I lived out there in Santa Clara, California, like we did very briefly, uh, I'd be eating donuts every morning. Because of Stan's Donuts. There's no question in my mind, for me, it's the greatest donut place I've ever, 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 ever had a donut. And the owners passed away and the kids took it over, thankfully, and I remember... Tina was their mother. She was so sweet and always looked out for me. She knew what I liked. I liked the glazed donuts and the chocolate frosted. She always put a few aside for me because I was polite. I wasn't famous or anything. I was a working stiff like everybody else. 
but I was polite and uh, just as sweet as can be. And I'll tell you what, I can taste those donuts right now, decades later, decades later. Matter of fact, 30 years later. And I miss it. Stan's Donuts. They're absolutely great. So if you're out there, I get nothing out of this other than to tell you the truth. If you're out there, Santa Clara, they're on Homestead Road. I remember even where I used to park illegally to get those donuts because there was nowhere to park. Uh, You could park in the strip mall, I guess, and so forth, but they were pretty packed. But they're homemade. They're made right there. You can watch them make them. Put them in the boiling oil or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. But it's just, I don't know what it is. It's got to be the dough. Incredible. And I want to send my hello out there to our friends at Stan's Donut. Just terrific. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel. The men and women who drive our trucks. The freedom fighters in Taiwan and Ukraine. And all of you, you great Americans, God bless you. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you tomorrow. Be well.